Hi, my name is Sydney Heidenreich, and welcome to Always an Anthropologist, a podcast that covers my journey as an anthropology student and the influences that have shaped my anthropological views. Always an Anthropologist, that's a pretty boring, pretty basic title, I know, especially for a podcast that's based on the influences I've had in my anthropological career, but I promise the story is far better than the title. Contrary to the topic of the podcast, anthropology wasn't my original major in school. At the start of college, I was a psychology major. Psychology? In a podcast about anthropology? I know. I know. Just stick with me. I promise it'll make sense. I found so much joy in learning human behavior and mental processes. It allowed me to better understand how and why people act and feel the way that they do. I felt happy that I was learning how to better interact with people. It gave me hope that I could make the world a a little better. It kind of makes sense that psychology influenced my anthropological views. Psychology has a general focus on the universal characteristics of human thoughts and behaviors. Anthropology looks at people's patterns of thoughts and behaviors that are shaped by culture, and these patterns vary from society to society. Both disciplines look at thoughts and behaviors, and though they are different, they are still pretty intertwined. A book I read in my senior capstone for my psychology degree really influenced the anthropological views that I've developed now. Saving Talk Therapy, How Health Insurers, Big Pharma, and Slanted Science Are Ruining Good Mental Health Care by Dr. Enrico Nolati sowed the seed of medical injustice in my mind. In my psych undergrad, we really didn't focus much on cultural issues or injustices. We, yeah, we brought them up in class and they were discussed and they were covered, but it wasn't really a main focus for any of the classes that at least I took in my undergrad. Dr. David Young, my professor for this senior capstone, specifically chose this book so that we were aware of the importance of medication being used as a tool with therapy. It horrified me how many doctors used the chemical imbalance theory as an end-all-be-all explanation for mentally ill patients. Dr. Nalati said that doctors basically used this theory as a crutch. He pretty much said that depression being caused by a chemical imbalance in the brain is just a theory and it's used more as a marketing ploy rather than being a scientifically accurate fact. He also noted that doctors use this theory as a way to easily explain depression to their patients. Even though it's just a theory, there's not really the scientific experimentation and facts to back this up. It's just an easy way out. And this book stressed the importance of talk therapy as the title implies which the point was really solidified in my head but it also left me with this feeling of anger towards the misinformation that is used and indirectly harms the people getting this care this lack of honest care kind of brought my attention to the possible injustices in medical care i remember being surprised by the facts that dr nolati wrote 
and I wondered what other issues there were in healthcare if these basic mentally ill patients weren't being guaranteed the best care then what was going on with those who didn't have access to proper health care in general now this is where my actual anthropology undergrad comes in in my first semester i had to take you know the basic 100 level classes and one of those happened to be a cultural anthropology class i was assigned this book Fresh Fruits, Broken Bodies, Migrant Farm Workers in the United States by Seth M. Holmes. This book solidified my interest in medical injustices. In this book, Dr. Holmes followed migrant tricky farm workers from Oaxaca, Mexico into the United States. He lived with them, he worked with them through the berry picking season, and he was with them at their medical appointments. In this ethnography, Dr. Holmes wrote about the lack of proper translators in multiple settings, but in this case that I'm mentioning, especially in the medical setting, with tricky people not always speaking very good Spanish and sometimes no English at all. The tricky people got treated poorly in both Mexico and in the United States, so they suffered poor health care regardless of where they went, and they were often misdiagnosed and misinformed in both countries. These people were getting sicker and getting no help. If they had just had the proper translator, then they could have gotten proper care. Dr. Holmes made it sound like the United States clinics wanted to help, but the lack of funds and time prevented them from doing this. And the lack of time, money, and energy given to the tricky people basically doomed them to be in pain for the rest of their lives because they're trapped in a system that is working against them. I was angry, but I wanted to learn more. Even if I wasn't able to fix these injustices through a career, knowledge to educate others was what I was striving for. In order to finish my anthropology degree in the time that I had planned, my advisor suggested that I take a summer course. So I decided to take women in health. And I was very interested in seeing how gender played a role in healthcare, and I was very glad that I took this class. <laughs> I wish that we were able to meet on Zoom so that we could discuss the topics together because I was very interested in what others had to say about this, but that just wasn't really how the class worked out due to COVID and everything. But the book that we had was titled Gender and the Social Construction of Illness by Judith Lorber and Lisa Jean Moore. This book really influenced me due to the statistical data that they provided. It solidified uh, my belief that minorities were abused by the healthcare system. It provided me with data that I desired to educate others on the injustices in the medical field. However, it also increased my desire to look deeper into the complex issues that are, is medical injustices. <laughs> Though medical injustices had a huge influence on my anthropological identity, it's not really the thing that solidified the importance of anthropology to me. For that, I wanted to bring back my cultural anthropology class and talk about one of the biggest shocks I had as an anthropology student. Now, if you've taken an anthropology class, you've probably heard of the body rituals among the Nakarima by Horace Mitchell Minor. This piece really stresses the importance of proper representation in ethnographies. I didn't really pick up on how the Nakarima were the United States citizens. I kind of recall how they were 
barbaric and weird. I feel awful saying that now it's horribly ethnocentric, but that's what I thought in the moment. And then I learned that it was just a really inaccurate representation of the United States citizens' basic bodily practices. And this basically just stresses the importance of teaching as accurately as possible to avoid mysticizing and dramatizing other cultures. I have learned over time where my interest lies in anthropology. I have learned what I'm interested in and where I have been incorrect in my thoughts due to my previous ethnocentric beliefs. I have learned that through my undergrad, be it psychology or anthropology, that I have an interest for human well-being, and it's really always been there. So at the end of the day, I believe I really kind of always have been an anthropologist, hence the title of my podcast. I wanted to say a quick thanks to Dr. Hyatt for this assignment, as well as a thank you to Jake Watson for help producing this product. I'd also like to say a thank you to David Renda for providing the background music for this podcast. Thank you so much for listening.